Well, if you can make your way to your seats, that would be wonderful, please. Well, it's a little strange today. It's good to see you all, but it's a little strange because I'm sitting down. I don't normally sit when I'm preaching, so uh, it's a little strange for me to be sitting down. But um, you know, we've been on a series of sermons called The Way of Jesus. And uh, if you're visiting with us today, this is a great day to be visiting because we're going to be eating uh, after, after service. You're welcome to stay and join with us. Uh, as a church, we have always taken Passover as a very important uh, holiday. We're going to get into why and uh, some of those things that we'll talk about. But today, we, uh, for the, I don't know, how many years have we been doing this now? Probably five or six, seven years now, something like that, or more. We've been celebrating Passover. Now, Passover technically doesn't begin until next uh, Sunday uh, for this year. Um, it actually uh, begins on Easter Sunday. But uh, we wanted to celebrate Passover, and, and you'll hear why here in a moment. And one of the questions that we always ask, though, and, and with the series that we've been talking about, is how can we follow Jesus? And the series that we've been on is the Jesus way, or the way of Jesus, and we, we've been talking about how Jesus does things. And why is it important for us to follow him in that way? Well, Jesus, more than anyone, and I don't want to steal any thunder from what we're going to be saying, but uh, Jesus actually... Uh, loved and participated in Passover all the time, every year. Uh, Passover was very important to him. Now, if you're wondering what's going on up here, we have Pastor Chaz and myself. Uh, we're up here together. That means that we can double our time. That means we'll be here until about 2 o'clock, right? That sounds, that sounds fair. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I, I realize that I'm standing between, or we're standing, we're setting between food and, and that will uh, be We'll be aware of those timing for you. Um, but Passover is a very interesting and very important holiday that the Jewish people uh, celebrated and started. There's a, there's a history to it. So we're going to talk about the history. We're going to talk about all these things. And when, the, when we were talking about how we would handle this today and, and how we would go through this, I thought it would be really fun for us to have a dialogue, have both Pastor Chad and myself up here just having a dialogue about what Passover is, teaching about what Passover is, but also giving you an opportunity to hear as we uh, go through it. So let's jump, let's pray, and then we'll jump in. So we bow your heads and pray with you, please. Father, it's on days like today that we uh, think and even celebrate more, if that's even possible, Father, the greatness of who you are and what you did for us. Lord Jesus, this day of Passover meant so much to you because of who you are. You are our Passover lamb, Father. You are the one who sacrificed himself for us, and we thank you for that. And so, Lord, today, as we stand before, as we are here before you, Father, we want to just ask that you bless our time together. Help us to learn the importance of what Passover is, Father. Help us to learn why we celebrate Passover, why it's so important to us as I mean, pastors, but as a church, Father, that we look at Passover and we say, this is the importance of Passover. And so, Lord, we ask that you'd be with us today, that you would clear our minds, remove any hindrances and stumbling blocks that would keep us from hearing the truth of what you would want us to learn today. We pray that our words would not be our own, but they would truly be your words, Father, and that you would be blessed for this day 
and everything that we do and we say. We give you the glory, Father, in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. Well, let's start by asking this simple question. Passover, what is it? So, Pastor Chaz, why don't you start telling us, what is Passover? Okay, so the question is, what is the oldest religious holiday uh, that is still celebrated today? And the answer to that is Passover. Is the oldest. Um, and what Passover is, we can start with the history of it, is we can start all the way in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, uh, we understand that when uh, Adam and Eve sinned, they partook of the uh, forbidden fruit, um, and then they, they hid themselves from God, right? Uh, they understood their sin uh, their, and their nakedness. Um, and something happened there in that scripture that, that from that point on throughout the history of man, God provides a way. God provides a covering for our sin. And so it says, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. God was doing something for them that they couldn't have done for themselves. Notice that it says that, that doesn't say that Adam and Eve um, slaughtered some, uh, an animal and covered themselves with the skin. God provided the animal. God provided the skin. Now, it doesn't say it was of a lamb, but if we look through the, through the entirety of this Bible, when God uses a, an animal as a sacrifice in our place, it was a lamb. So we can almost surmise, we can almost get there, I, I can't say for 100% certainty, but if we understand God's patterns, the way God operates and what he does, the possibility is there that it was a lamb. So, <clears throat> looking at the history of Passover, we can begin there. But then after that, um, if we go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 8, we also find um, in the history of Passover that God provided the land for Abraham. If you recall the story, now Abraham was uh, nearly 100 years old. Him and his wife Sarah, they were very old. God promised him a son. And when he uh, obtained the son, the, the child Isaac was born, uh, as, as he began to grow up, God called him out to make a sacrifice. God said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. And it was it was probably a crazy thought to Abraham, but it was a test to see what Abraham would do when he obeyed God. So long story short is they went up, they, they gathered the wood, they put the wood up, they, they lit the fire, and the boy answered, asked Dad, Dad, where's the sacrifice? We find in that in chapter 2, it says, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. So we see the connection of what God did in the in the Garden of Eden with uh, Adam and Eve. We see it uh, now in, in the uh, lives of Abraham and his son Isaac, and down through the ages, it continued and continued until we get to uh, what happened in Mo with Moses in Egypt. Now, if you know uh, the story of, uh, uh, you know, most most Christians can, can tell you uh, the story of what happened in Egypt when uh, uh, Moses led his people out, the, the children of Israel. But what the background for that is, is that uh, uh, they were enslaved in Egypt. The nation of Israel was enslaved in Egypt for over 400 years. Uh, they were put to task. They were, they were made to make bricks for 
were buildings and things that, that Pharaoh wanted uh, erected, and, and they used all this slave labor to do it. So they were enslaved for over 400 years. But God had a plan to bring them out of that slavery. God had a plan to, to, to uh, bring this thing to a head and to provide a way for them to escape the slavery. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how many of you guys caught uh, the Ten Commandments on uh, ABC. I think it was ABC last night. It was actually on your, my wife and I had a chance to watch this. But the, the sacrifice and the slavery that these uh, Israelites were put under was not just any old sacrifice, right? This wasn't, you know, they weren't living in these good conditions. They were asked to live in huts and they treaded in mud and, and uh, grew wheat and would put the straw into the mud and, and and we're just completely overwhelmed by the slavery that Egypt gave to them. And so they're crying out for their savior. But this is not just the ten, you know, even as we watch the Ten Commandments, it makes it look like it's just like a few days or a few years, right? This is for over 400 years they are under the bondage of, uh, of the Pharaoh. And so it's an amazing thing that they're asking these things. But Exodus 12, verses 1 through 14 says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that the tenth day of the month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house and lay on for the household. Let's pause there for a moment. The tenth day of the month. Tenth day. You want to add into that? Absolutely. I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the reason why Pastor Henry can come up here with me is because he understands I love this narrative. I love this story. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of redemption that comes from God himself. Now, to back up just a little bit. Sure. Back up just a little bit. Now, God judged that slavery <laughs> because God hates slavery anymore. Number two, if we would uh, if we go back to Abraham, God promised Abraham that out of his seed, all the world would be blessed. That was the promise. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. That through his seed, now we can follow that seed from Abraham through Isaac to Jacob, from Jacob to his 12 sons, which make up and comprise the nation of Israel. And those are the people that are enslaved here. So it's not just any other any people that are enslaved. It's the seed of Abraham, the one that God promised to bless the world. Now, through that seed, we understand that through that seed comes David. Through, that, through David's seed comes Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, the world will be blessed. And let's connect the dots. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. I'm a Bible geek. I'm a Bible nerd. I admit it. Okay? I'm going to come right out and say it. Because I love it. Because I love it. So, when they're enslaved, and God sends Moses to come in and free them from this slavery, God, they cried out to God, God said, okay, I'm sending Moses. And Moses come, comes back to Egypt and demands that the Pharaoh let his people go. And through this whole series of events, the Pharaoh kept saying, no, I'm not going to let your people go. I'm not going to do it. I'm not giving up my slavery. So every time he said no, then God pronounced a, a plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. And we find out uh, through these plagues that what they were, they were a judgment against the gods of Egypt, the false gods. And if you guys remember, 
some of the plagues were the, the Nile. The Nile was where they got their, their water, it's where they got their fish, it's where, it's, it's, the, there was an actual God of the Nile that was judged. The first judgment was that they turned the water into blood, so that all the fish died and nothing could live in it. They couldn't go to the, to the Nile to draw water out of it because it was all full of blood. What they did, uh, actually, is they go, as they went and dug holes beside the Nile so they can get the water. But it, it, was a, it was a plague that God had put upon Egypt as a judgment on them and upon their God. The second one uh, was kind of like the, uh, uh, the second or third one was the, the frogs. Uh, the frog, was, there was a, uh, a fertility goddess that had a, the head of a frog in, in there in the uh, Egyptian uh, pantheon, if you will. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. Yeah. Um, which it, it was their gods were kind of strange. It had a head of a frog. It, it represented fertility. So the judgment was that God God pronounced judgment the second time around, and out of the Nile would come all these frogs, and the frogs filled the land of Egypt, and they got up on the land, they died, and began to stink over that. So here's what God was doing: God was judging the Pharaoh, judging the Egyptian gods, declaring himself to be I am that I am. That's who he told Moses he was. So uh, all along this, this timeline, there's, there's plague after plague after plague because Pharaoh would not let God's people go. There was a plague of the flies. There was a plague of the boils. There was a plague of the lice. I mean, on and on, rain, hail, and all, the, all these plagues until the 10th plague. After a certain point, God's like, okay, you've had enough chances. This is going to be the big one. And the big one was this. Every firstborn male in Egypt would be killed. If you do not let my people go today, that's what's happening. The firstborn of your families, including the Pharaoh's son, the firstborn of all of your livestock, all your cattle, everything, all your sheep, everything was going to get the judgment of God. And they turn their nose up to God. They made the biggest mistake they ever made in their lives. Yeah, they did. Um, we're going to fast forward just a little bit here, but let's read through the rest of this verse. Uh, Exodus 12 says, uh, verses 1 through 14, as we were reading, it says, And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor, oops, sorry, uh, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, and you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on this, the, the two doorposts and the uh, lintel of the houses in which they eat. So in other words, again, we all know that the doorposts on each side and across the top, they would put this uh, this blood. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted with fire. Can we all say barbecue? Barbecue. <laughs> so roasted with fire, with unleavened bread, unleavened bread. And by the way, unleavened bread is bread without yeast, right? And so I don't know. Uh, I tease uh, Becky. I was going to call you Miss Becky, but I'll say Becky uh, all the time because. When she makes our communion bread on Sunday, do you all do you realize? I don't know if you 
realize to this extent that she goes to the extent of making this unleavened, uh, and it's so good because she puts honey and stuff in it that I call our, our communion cookies because it tastes good. But Amen. Uh, <laughs> let me just say that the unleavened bread was important, and if you read scripture, you'll find out why that was so important, right? A little yeast makes the bread go bad, right? And so uh, we may like yeast today because we like that fluffy bread and stuff like that. But back then, it was the unleavened bread. And bitter herbs, they shall eat it. So at that dinner of Passover, they're eating lamb, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. Bitter herbs, yes. And so uh, do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted. Once again, can we say barbecue? barbecue. Uh, its head with its legs and inner parts, and you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, just to finish up, what is Passover? So, Obviously, I think most Christians know that Passover was a time when that blood allowed the Spirit of God to pass over their home. And so it was very important. It was a way of their sins in that household being passed over or forgiven because they had the sacrificial lamb, the blood of the lamb, put on top of their uh, doorposts. So all of this is wonderful and it's very important to understand. But one of the questions that we have to get into, and I, I know you probably have more you want to say with this, but I just want to kind of fast forward a little bit here for a moment. One of the things that we have to get into is why did Jesus celebrate Passover? And so, good question. Yeah, good. I think it's a great question, right? Jesus comes from, now, if you understand Jesus' background, Jesus was very was Jewish in his nature. He was Jewish background. He was raised in a Jewish home, a good Jewish home, by the way. Mary and Joseph were well-versed uh, in Scripture and well-versed in the Old Testament. They knew the Abrahamic laws. They knew the covenants. They knew all of those things. And so that I'm sure they had passed it down through the generations uh, to Jesus. But the question that we have to ask is, why did Jesus celebrate Passover? Okay, so, I can... Just to go back to where you were uh, pointing out to the 10th day, yes. um, they prepared they prepared Egypt, uh, or the, the, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, um, for this day. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plague Egypt, but if you would put the, uh, kill a lamb, put the blood on the lentil and the side posts, I will pass over your home. They were to bring that lamb in first year, uh, a, a male of the first year, one year old. Without blemish, without spot. Understand what they were asking, what God was asking them to do was they were to bring their very best. Now, as uh, Christy and I were discussing earlier, you have a, a ram that you use uh, as a stud to produce all these lambs. And if God was asking you to give up your first year ram, right? He's in the prime of his life, right? And they said they can read them 60 times a week or something like that. Some crazy number, right? Um, you're giving up that for this Passover. They apply the blood. The, the, you know, uh, the destroyer comes in and, and kills the firstborn uh, of Pharaoh and all his household, such and such. And so at that point, they let them go. Now, God told them to 
uh, make unleavened bread because there wasn't time for the leaves to yeast to rise. So, so it, it, all this is is so symbolic. It, God uses a lamb on purpose. God uses unleavened bread on purpose and the bitter herbs on purpose. So we're going to move into why did Jesus celebrate Passover? For number one, that like the pastor said, he was Jewish. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was uh, of the lineage of, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, and David, and on and on and on. So he, he was uh, born into this. He was uh, uh, required by God uh, at all Jews' word to assemble in Jerusalem three times a year, the first one being Passover. God brings them into, uh, into a holy convocation or a congregation, and they talk about Passover. They talk about why they, they, uh, God did what he did, why God provided the land for them, and all these things. They did, they did Passover, which was the most important, but then the next one that they, uh, celebration they would have would be the, the celebration of Fifth Pentecost, which is the Feast of Weeks, which had to do with uh, the uh, what was sown in Passover was reaped in uh, seven weeks later in Pentecost, and then the last one was the Feast uh, of uh, Tabernacles, where they were they would. Uh, that's a whole other story. So, but three times a year, all the males were to show up into Jerusalem and honor and celebrate Passover, Pentecost, and the Tabernacles. So, uh, we find it. When Jesus was a young man, what scripture is it? Luke chapter 2, verse uh, 40, uh, talks about where Jesus was a young lad, and he was a good young man. He was good to his parents, like all young men should be, right? Obedient to his parents. Kids, you should be obedient to your parents. Um, And it said, the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. So we find Jesus celebrating Passover as a young man, right? As a boy, his parents did every year. They went up every year. They were observant Jews. They did what God told them to do, to show up in Jerusalem once a year for Passover. And so Jesus stays behind and starts hanging out with all the rabbis and all the teachers and starts asking them lots of questions and growing in in a spiritual nature, in a spiritual way. And we know the rest of that story. (laughs) His parents thought that he was among the group and they left back towards home and he was nowhere to be found. He was still back in the temple listening and teaching and, and asking questions. So... Pretty cool story. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Jesus does stay behind there. But you know, uh, one thing I want to add to all of this, and this is, um, Jesus was born in what city? Someone throw that up. Bethlehem. Bethlehem, right? You can say that. Bethlehem, right? And everyone knows Jesus was born in the city of Bethlehem. You know what the city of Bethlehem was? The city of Bethlehem was actually the location where they raised the spotless lambs for sacrifice for the temple. And that, I'm telling you, connect the dots there if you want to. Use your own wisdom and your own mindset. Let's connect the dots there. That is pretty crazy, right? Jesus celebrated Passover as an observant Jew, but he also knew the power that was in Passover and what was about to come. So let's move on just uh, for a moment and talk about the times that Jesus actually celebrated Passover. 
One of them is in first uh, in John chapter two, verse thirteen, where it says, "The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem." Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where, where will you have us prepare it? He said to him, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover? with my disciples, and he will show you a large upper room furnished, prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they had prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and his apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now I want to just pause there for a moment to talk about this because, first of all, can you imagine you're just some guy walking down through the city of Jerusalem carrying a jar of water, then all of a sudden someone's sneaking behind you and you. We're coming into your house, right? The master says you need to place. But this is even more important to this, is that this shows that the city that they were going into was preparing for Passover on their own. Everywhere around the city, this was a whole citywide thing, but Jesus is preparing Passover. Now, this is a very important Passover, which I, I want to give you a moment to add on to this, but this is the Passover before Jesus is going to uh, take the sins of the world upon himself on the cross. And he ends this by saying, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. There are many other opportunities in Scripture. We just read one where it says when Jesus was a young lad, he was uh, participating in Passover too. But this was an important Passover. Do you want to add to that? Absolutely. Now, if we were to go back, talk about, you know, when you brought up the point that it says in Exodus uh, chapter 12 that that lamb was to be brought in on the 10th day. Now, What's really cool, really interesting about this whole thing is, number one, God changed the calendar for Passover. For Passover. For this event, God completely changed the, the Hebrew calendar. He said, this will be the first month of the year to you. So their new year was like in the fall, right? And God said, this is going to be the first month. I want this to be special. I want you to remember what we're doing here on this Passover. So on, uh, on the 10th day of that month, they were to, to get that, that ram, that first year male, right? Tie it up and have it inspected. There should be no spot or blemish. No. You, listen, they didn't, he didn't want the ones that were sick that couldn't reproduce. He wanted the one that was the, the, the male, first year in his prime, no problem, no, no issues, no disease, and tie it up on the 10th day to be inspected. Now, what, what's really cool, uh, and we, uh, typically a lot of churches today uh, they uh, celebrate Palm Sunday, right? Which today would be considered Palm Sunday, and that's, that's a whole celebration in and of itself. But we can tie Passover and Palm Sunday together this way, because Jesus when he came into the Jerusalem riding on a colt, right, riding on a donkey, we call it Palm Sunday, that was the 10th day of 
of the month, the first month of the year, Nisan. It was the 10th day. It was the day that the lamb was supposed to be tied up and inspected for four days before it was to be sacrificed. Jesus came in on the 10th day. And if you recall, the next day, he did it once he got into Jerusalem where Passover was to be celebrated. He cast out the money changers out of the temple. Why were they changing money? They were exchanging money for these lambs, right? These rams that were to be uh, sacrificed. And they weren't the best. They were sickly. They were lame. They were this. They were that. And so Jesus saw all that. And just, well, you guys know the story of the, uh, throwing out the money changers. But the, the most important part aspect of this is the fact that Jesus himself was to become the Passover lamb for us. And he did it exactly the way God had told, said was going to happen. Came in on the 10th day. And uh, we find him <coughs> with his disciples in the upper room. We, we like to call it a communion or the Last Supper, right? Uh, even uh, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, yes. that famous painting was the Last Supper. Um, what they were actually doing was having Passover dinner. They were celebrating the Passover. He said, go and tell them. The master says, we need the uh, space where we're going to celebrate Passover together. So, the, it, it's so incredible following this thread from the beginning of the book all the way to the, to, to the New Testament where Jesus was celebrating Passover and Jesus would become our Passover lamb. So, so, I mean, I love it. I get excited. Yeah, me too. Hey, we're going to um, skip over, I'll mention real quickly the, the elements of Passover, because I want to really get into the meat of some of this conversation about why we celebrate. Um, but the elements of Passover are simply three uh, three things. Number one is uh, the lamb, the sacrificial lamb. Number two is the unleavened bread. Uh, today we call that pita bread or some type of bread without yeast. And then uh, the bitter herbs. And uh, a lot of, it, it, over time of history, we have Replace the bitter herbs with horseradish, horseradish, and it's uh, that bitter herb that we use. And so that those are kind of the, the elements. Now, one real quick thing that I would like you to just mention, uh, but let's keep it as quickly as we can on this. I have a really hard time. I know, I know. Uh, yes, you do, but that's okay. But is the, the four cups of Passover that Jesus celebrated with his disciples? this time. Okay. So, as many of you may know, the Jewish people celebrate Passover uh, today. Again, one of the, it's the biggest holiday in, in, their, in their calendar year. Um, and so, they're, they celebrate in a little different way. You can believe that or not. But Jesus and his disciples would have celebrated it with the original three elements, the, the lamb, right? It had to be uh, had to be killed, it had to be eaten, it had to be roasted with fire as barbecue. Um, the unleavened bread uh, representing um, the, uh, the the haste in which they had to leave, and the bitter herbs was represented representing the fact that the, the weeping and their and their wailing over being enslaved in Egypt. So that was the bitterness that they were overcoming. Also, they, the bitterness of the, the actual uh, plague that was upon Egypt at the time of the killing of the firstborn. Right. Um, and so with that, there was also the four cups of wine that were involved in, in this uh, Passover uh, dinner. Now, the first cup of wine 
was the cup of um, sanctification. Um, and they would drink this before they ate. Okay, and the second cup of wine was the, the cup of deliverance. And so as they were taking these cups, they were, uh, they, they would, he would drink, and then all of them would drink from the same cup, right? They would remember what God did for them in, in their history in Egypt. Um, the third cup was the cup of deliverance, or uh, redemption, I'm sorry, redemption. And if you, if we were to go, and we probably don't have a lot of time, but if you were to go to look at the, the uh, scripture, it says, um, and like we do this on communion, it said, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is uh, the cup uh, in my blood, uh, is the new covenant, so this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. What Jesus was saying to his disciples, and what Jesus was saying to all of us, the cup of redemption is in his blood. He was telling them, I am becoming a Passover lamb for you. Right? We're celebrating Passover. And the Passover lambs are yet to be killed. This is this is on the, uh, the day the preparation day. Um, but when Jesus went to the cross and was hanging on the cross, they were slaughtering the Passover lamb in the temple. Understand what's happening here. There cannot be any Easter without Passover. Why do we celebrate Passover? I think I'm getting ahead of you. So that's okay because we're kind of short on time. Real quick, I'll have to finish that and say that the third cup is that Jesus says, I cannot partake with you with this cup until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Right? So, yes, um, so the cup of redemption was the blood of Christ. And I recall in the, in the, uh, in the Gospels that it says that uh, Jesus at, at some point told his disciples, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part in me. What is he talking about? He's talking about past, being a Passover lamb. We're going to eat the Passover lamb, and, and the, the, cup, uh, the, the cup of redemption is going to be ours to drink. So this whole thing, God is so cool when he sets this whole thing up for us. That Jesus becomes that Passover. He was born to be the Passover man. He was born to die for the sins of all mankind throughout all of history. Yeah. yeah, and so let's let's get into this and say, why should we celebrate Passover? One of the things that uh, Pastor Chaz and I were, were uh, having a lot of conversation on uh, was you know just the simple fact that today Passover seems to be a holiday that is Unintended Passover, right? And so, a lot of times you hear uh, you, you've, there are very few Christian churches that I know of today that actually celebrate Passover. Um, in fact, I had a, a, a pastor friend this week ask me. He said, "Why do you guys participate and, and celebrate Passover to the extent that you do?" And um, it's it's very interesting to me because I believe, and we and we'll talk and we'll have some more dialogue on this, but. This is simply Passover sets up what Easter is all about. Right. Without Passover, as Pastor Chet said, without Passover, you can't have Easter. Because you have to have a sacrificial lamb that dies, is buried, and then can rise up again three days later. And so without this lamb, without this sacrificial lamb, there really is no Easter. And so, but over the years, what has happened is that Christians and Jewish uh Jewish um, 
men and ladies, uh, have been at odds with each other because there has been arguments. One of the things that you hear about when you talk about the Jewish people in, in Scripture, what's the very first thing many people talk about? Pharisees. And Sadducees, <laughs> right. They, they remember that the Pharisees and Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, they actually are the ones that put Jesus on the cross. And so somehow in the Christian church, we have had a negative influence on those events that allow us to negatively influence the history of the Hebrews and what happened during Passover. But what is very important, and the reason why we celebrate, why we here at Passion Community Church love, and why I and why Pastor Chad, I think I can speak for him, love Passover so much is that it is the gateway to the Holy Week. It is the reason why we have Holy Week. It's just Passover. Amen. You know what's interesting, and if we can go back just a little bit, uh, and John, always going back. I am John one twenty nine. When Jesus comes on the scene and begins his ministry, he's baptized by John the Baptist. He comes to John and says, "I must be baptized." And John said, "I should be baptized by you." And John said, "I'm not worthy to unlatch your shoelaces." Right? And as he's walking by, John's baptizing, and, he, and there's his disciples already. Okay, just one second. Yes. Jesus leaned out to him and say, "Just do it." Just do it. I can't do that. I'll help you. Go ahead. But everyone that's being baptized that day, and, and, and including uh, the people that were following uh, John the Baptist, John declares, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Why would he say it? Why would he say that? Because God, the Spirit of God, led him to say that. Because he declared unto Jesus and all the world, This is our Passover Lamb. And through his sacrifice, we would be freed from all the sins that we have previously committed. So he is the, the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Uh, we should understand this. And, the, and like, like Pastor was talking about, you know, Judaism, uh, the, the Jewish folks of the day, uh, some of them uh, received Christ. A lot of them received Christ. Uh, every disciple that Jesus had was a Jew. Understand. But the Jewish religious uh, police the religious Gestapo, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all those uh, came out against Christ. They were the reason Jesus was crucified. Um, and so at some point in the, in the beginning of Christianity, there was a, a division between Jews and Christians. And so the Christians at some point were kind of like, okay, we need to kind of separate ourselves from the, from the Jews uh, and understand that uh, the thread of uh, our history is the same, but we're moving in another direction, um, and so, and so, I, you know, that's where you get a little bit of disconnect. And you know, the Jews today they celebrate Passover by doing the seder. It's called a seder. It's called the, uh, the word seder means order, um, and that comes from a Jewish rabbinical writing called Haggadah. Which is uh, which was produced by Gamaliel, which also was the one that Paul, the Apostle Paul, studied under. Right. So the, he he produced this thing, and they follow even today uh, how they do a Passover meal, uh, slightly different uh, than what we do, but the the history is the same. The history is the same. And so what I what I believe God's doing and has been doing here lately in the last uh, twenty years, thirty years, forty years is bringing this all back together. 
Okay, we've been separated from our Jewish roots long enough. And I think that, you know, as we understand Passover, as we understand this Passover lamb, what it represents, what, what Jesus came to do and to be, uh, we, we need to celebrate that. And we, we were celebrating this long ago, and when Pastor Jason and I got together, we celebrated it. And it's such a such an awesome celebration. Yeah, you know, uh, two things. One is I wanted to say, um, I had a, the butcher at Acme where I bought the lamb from asked me, he's like, how much of a kosher meal does this have to be? And does it, how, do we have to prepare this a certain way? And I said, sir, it's okay. We have enchiladas coming during you know, our, our Passover meal. And he's like, what? <laughs> so I had to explain to him what, you know, the, the concept of what was going on. But it was a great opportunity. But um, what I really wanted to add to this is what I love about Passover, the whole entire, uh, the whole entire thing, is that God is faithful. And just. Yes. And so if you understand, if you can look, there's a reason why, I'm going to borrow your Bible for a moment, I'm going to bring my name, but there's a reason why we have both the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's right. right. The Old Testament points to Jesus Christ, and the New Testament is Jesus Christ living out his life and the directions for us to live out our life in him. Now, we went over these verses in Genesis chapter uh, uh chapter 22 and all of the other verses about uh, in Exodus and all of the other Passover verses. But do you realize what's going on here? Jesus early on in the very even Genesis chapter 8 where or Genesis chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse 8 where, uh, where God provides to Adam and Eve the clothing. Right? God has set forth a sacrificial lamb for us from the very beginning. The reason why I love Passover and the reason why I love celebrating Passover is because this is a fulfillment of the justice that God did for us. It's not just in the Old Testament, by the way. God kept his promises all the way through to even the New Testament. And when we find in New Testament the Passover, what we're seeing is that not only did God say, okay, I need to, you know, not everyone has Christy, right? Not everyone has the candles that have lambs there that we can go get lamb from, right? Uh, you know, if push comes to shove, I might be living on their farm because I'm going to be there if I need to sacrifice more lamb, right? But not, not everyone has that capability. Just think of the people in, I think of this all the time, think of the people in New York City. Can you imagine them slaughtering the lamb and they're probably in the downtown New York City? That would not be pretty, right? God knew this. And he loved us so much so that he provided a sacrificial lamb called Jesus Christ. And he became our sacrificial lamb. And this is why I love Passover, because of the connection and how it brings all of Scripture together into one. Only God could make a promise in the Old Testament 2,000 some odd years ago and still be fulfilling it today, 2,000 years later. It's an amazing thing. That's why one of the reasons why I love um, Passover. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, you know, I just brought up uh, Isaiah 53. Yeah. Um, back up to my mind, and it, it says in Isaiah 53 that he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and yet he did not open his mouth. We remember that as he was being examined, that four-day examination, right, on the 10th day of the 14th day of the first month, Jesus was being examined. He was asked, uh, tell us plainly, are you the Christ? And he did not open his mouth. See, because if he would have admitted that to them, that would have been grounds for uh, them to declare blasphemy, and that was a reason for them to kill him. 
He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Isaiah 53 said it hundreds of years before that. And so everything in the Old Testament that, that, that uh, prophesied about the Lamb of God, Jesus fulfilled. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we learned in the New Testament that he becomes the, uh, he, he is the bread of life. Uh, what scripture is that? Uh, Jesus, uh, John 6, 48. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What's he talking about? He's talking about, I'm the unleavened bread. Right. He said, I don't have any leaven in me. Right. There is no sin in my life. Never will be any sin in my life. Never has been any sin in my life. So we can understand he was a pure spotless lamb. Without sin, he was the unleavened bread. He represented all of it. And it was so cool to see, uh, to, to you know, when you, when you come across scriptures that connect all the dots for you. Um, and that would be one of them. So, the, the, it, you know, I just want to, I, again, want to repeat a little bit and confirm what Pastor Chaz is saying here, because this is very important to understand. Nothing in Scripture is done by happen chance. There's no accidents in Scripture. Everything that is fulfilled through Passover, everything that's fulfilled through everything that we do is fulfilled by the glory of God and the reason, His purpose and plans and what He does. And that includes Passover, that includes Jesus dying on the cross, just the simple fact that he was examined for four days, right? I mean, imagine that. How many of us think that, oh, it, it just took him that long, you know, to beat him, to, 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 after, you know, to go through all, all the things that and examine No, there was a reason behind that. There's a reason for everything in Scripture, and we must grasp a hold of that. That's really important. God knows what's going to happen before it happens. He knows the end before the, in the beginning. So he knew Jesus would be crucified on the 14th day of the month, of the first month. He knew he would be examined. Why? And that's exactly why he changed the calendar. That's right. He, he said, this is the first month. The 10th day, the 14th day. On, on. Listen to what he says. Listen to what uh, Peter says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are really are, uh, as you really are unleavened, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. He's talking to us about the fact that Jesus, as our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed, and that we are to clean out the unleavened. Uh, uh, we, we are really are unleavened. We are, because the Passover lamb cleansed us, cleans, cleanses us from our sin, there's no leaven left in our life. That's pretty, pretty cool when that's realized. Uh, let's let's do one more, okay? And then, because uh, I can smell the wind cooking a bit later, uh, if I move this down a little bit, you might hear some growling going on. I don't want to do that. But the last part of this that I want to talk about is why should we individually celebrate Passover, and how does that tie in with Revelation and the end of the age, where Jesus is calling us into this marriage supper with Him at the end of the age? I'm really glad you asked. <laughs> So, okay, so, again, I got, I'm going to go back just a little bit. Okay, now, Passover was meant, was intended for the children of Israel to celebrate once a year in Jerusalem at the temple. At the temples when they were, they were making the sacrifice of these lands, right? In 70 AD, that temple was destroyed. The Romans came in, they sacked it, they destroyed it. Not, Jesus told them not one brick will be left upon another. That was before he died. And in 30-some years, or around 30 years after Jesus died, this temple was destroyed. What did that do? 
that sent Passover back to the people's homes. That's right. Because let's 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 follow this all all the way back. The original Passover was celebrated in where? In the temple. In, in, in people's homes. Oh, in the people's homes. Yes. In the yes. people's homes. Yes. Right. You're gonna kill that lamb. You're gonna put the blood on your on your home with your family. Now, after the temple was destroyed, now they had to celebrate Passover back in their homes. So the Passover lamb was a big deal. It was a big thing. It was it was big all the way through, and then all the way through to today. That's why we celebrate Passover. But let me get to this. Um, what's really cool? Jesus is uh, given or spoken of by 30 different kind of names in the book of Revelation. And I know that when you say that word, the book of Revelation, people get scared. It's kind of freaky. Listen, it is the greatest love story That's right. ever told. That's right. Well, watch what God does. Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God 26 times in the book of Revelation. A couple of scriptures I like to throw out. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. I got that little Bible right here just in case it turns right now. Revelation 5.11 says, Worthy is the Lamb. Nope, that's the wrong one. That's Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. That's, that's Revelation 5, 11 and 12. Listen, at, some, at one point, the, uh, they were looking around, they were sorrowful because they had these scrolls and no one was worthy to open up the scroll. You ever heard that part? Nobody was worthy, but Behold, there is a lamb who was worthy. Why? Because he was a lamb of God. I got the, uh, I got the next one. Roman, uh, Revelations 12, 11. Go ahead. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. That's a good, stuff. That's a good song, too. I love it. Yes, it is. <laughs> Revelation 15, 3. They sing the song of Moses. Watch, listen how he brings the Old Testament back into this New Testament. They sing the song of Moses. Right after Passover, you read us the song of Moses. Moses assembled a song that was pretty cool. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of saints. So, we can connect the Old Testament and the New Testament. We can connect what happened in the day of Moses and in the day uh, where Jesus became our Passover lamb. Uh, I got the last one too. Great. Okay. So, Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe him herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is righteous deeds and saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Now watch this. That fourth cup is a cup of praise. 
He said, I will not drink of this cup until I do it new with you in my Father's kingdom. What's he talking about? He's talking about Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Behold the marriage supper of the Lamb. They have washed their robes in, in, in the blood of the Lamb and have been made white as wool, right? So there's a huge celebration. The bride of Christ and the, and the Lamb come together, and that's where the celebration, that's where the praise happens. They were celebrating, that's where the praise happens. Like the word is, is hallel. That's where we get the word hallelujah. It's praise. The cup of praise is that which is now shared at the very supper of the Lamb. Why should we celebrate Passover? Uh, we just have a whole lot of reasons why we should celebrate Passover. And, and listen, God had us do this, and God had the, the, the nation of Israel do this through the course of their history because he wanted them to remember, to remember what he did for them in the land of their slavery. Now, we were enslaved to sin. Why did God chose, choose to use slavery as an imagery? Because we are enslaved to our sin, and the only way that we're going to get out of it is through the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. So why not celebrate Passover? And why not rehearse it in the, in the hearing of, in, you know, in the Passover Seder? I'm going to be short on this. Um, it's, there's a, um, the word Seder is order. But in the Haggadah is the telling. They use this book called the Haggadah to uh, orchestrate their Passover. It's the telling. Why did it, somebody cut me off? That's, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, because I got a good voice and I, and I project pretty well. Uh, but the whole point of that was this that they would come and they would, they would uh, gather around the plate and they would see what was on their plate. I turn them off or something? I must have. So, and they would tell the children about Passover. So the history of Passover is passed down once a year on the 14th day of Nisan, the same day that Jesus was crucified as our Passover lamb. So why should we not, on that same day, tell about what happened, Jesus becoming our Passover lamb? And what greater way to do it than to barbecue a lamb outside the door and smell it the whole time, right? Listen, it was a celebration not only of their deliverance from slavery, but also they got to celebrate with barbecue. It was amazing. It was awesome. I loved it. So. I was just going to ask if the worship team covered looks like they are, but I just want to I, I want to I want to close with this, and then uh, we'll have time for worship, and uh, I'll ask Pastor Chester uh, if we can close. Yes, we could do that as well. But I want to close with this. If you're here today and you've never celebrated Passover, you know, I want to say that uh, you're welcome to celebrate with us. There's a reason why we celebrate Passover in time, with everything that we said, right? But the most important reason why we celebrate Passover is because Jesus sacrificed himself for us. You're here today, you've never looked at and said, Jesus is my sacrificial lamb. Maybe this is your first time in a church, maybe you're watching online, and you're, and uh, sorry for watching online because you are not getting the full smell of that, right? It's one thing. But the simple truth is this Jesus sacrificed 
himself for us. Because we were, while yet we were still sinners, he died on the cross for us. He took it upon himself to do that. And so today, of every day, there's always, there's never a bad time to ask the Lord into your heart, to ask him into your life. But today is, is one of the most amazing days to do this. You've never done that before. You've never seen Jesus as a sacrificial lamb. The one who is fulfilling the justice rule of God, the Father, that makes baby that day. We're going to pray in a moment, then we're going to worship, and then I'll ask Pastor Chaz to close us out as we prepare the rest of our uh, lamb and get ready for our feast together. But let's pray. Will you bow your heads and pray with me, please? All right, let's stand up as we help out. Lord, you're such a gracious and loving God that you provide for us even when we don't deserve the provisions that you give to us. Lord, it has been ordered since the very early days, since the very days that you created this earth. You had a plan, you had a purpose for everything. And Lord, we are fulfilling and seeing those things today. Even down to the four days of review of Jesus and how that tied in with the original Passover lamb. The Lord, we come before you, sinners. We stand before you in this place, sinners, in need of grace, in the need of a sacrificial lamb who would take upon himself our sins so that we can have an everlasting, eternal life with you in heaven. And so, Lord, in this place today, if there's anyone here, whether it's been uh, the very first time or you're just here again today and you're coming back to this place and you want to give praise to God and you want to accept that sacrifice that he made on the cross, may today be that day. I ask you in this place right now, with our eyes closed and all of our heads bowed, may you look upon your life and say, am I received the grace and the love that that lamb, that sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for me? If you haven't, then it's as simply as saying what Romans 10 verse 9 says, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe with our hearts, that what he did on the cross was more than enough for us, that we can have everlasting eternal life. And so I pray today, if you're here today, you've never said those words, you would like to, if you're watching online, and you want to say those words, and you want to ask Jesus in your heart, that may today be that day, that you just simply open up and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. Come into my heart. I believe what you did on that cross was more than enough for us. Be my Savior and be my King. You've said those words. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You're here today, and perhaps you haven't been living the way that you should have been living. Perhaps you've been sliding in your faith. May today be the reminder of what Jesus did for us as we eat together, as we partake in this Passover meal together. May you remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for our lives. And may you say today, I will again give my life to Jesus. I will turn my life around and I will make a way because he made a way for me. I will accept him into my heart. And I will follow him. Lord, be with us today. Bless our time. In Jesus' name, Worship together.